I felt uh, as the worship team, man, isn't the worship here amazing? And just every, every instrument, every song, all these beautiful new prophetic and creative songs. But it was like a cloud of God's presence started coming into this place. And I just want to declare over you tonight, God's hands upon your life. I saw two people touched and healed of cancer tonight. And I, uh, I got a, uh, a, a text earlier today from someone I prayed for about a month ago in a service like this. And they, they were just giving me the good, the medical confirmation of that moment of being healed of cancer. But... If that's you, tonight's your night. Tonight's your miracle night. God's going to touch you. And no matter what you need in your life, there is no pain in your life that is outside the purview, outside the care of your loving God. He sees you. He loves you. And he's wanting to help you. There was something really special happening in Orange County. This, the birthplace of the Jesus people movement. My parents in the late 60s uh, and 70s and even 80s had a Jesus People Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I grew up with 500 hippies. And my childhood prayer was, Jesus, don't make me marry a hippie. Because uh, of the things I saw. No. And... <clears throat> And uh, sure enough, I got sent a nice Catholic girl. Uh, Mary, into my life. But uh, we're 50 years later, um, God has not changed his mind. He's not changed his mind about what he's ordained for Orange County, what he's ordained for this generation. And when Joshua was talking with God 40 years after they failed, the, they failed God's commandment of crossing over the Jordan and possessing Canaan. They were satisfied just being saved, satisfying being delivered and cared for. They didn't want to take any territory for God. They didn't want to conflict. And didn't, they didn't want to press into God's purpose. They didn't want to experience the fullness of the kingdom. And God waited for 40 years, and then he said to Joshua, everything I said to Moses, I want you to do. Yeah. He didn't change. His purpose did not change. Just the people did. A new generation rose up. 13 years ago, God gave us a building in our town, a beautiful building, about a $40 million facility, 2400 seat auditorium. Pastor Mark's been there, Pastor Benny, many times. And uh, when I was sitting in the parking lot and God first gave it to us, my mind just, I was imagining all these things, and I felt like the Lord just came and settled me down and said this. All they want you to do is let me finish what I began here 40 years ago. And I saw the continuum of God for cities, for churches, for families. God doesn't change his mind about the purpose of something he's created. He waits till someone, he waits until he can find a partner. And I believe with Pastor Mark and Michelle and the other pastors here, God has found partners that are ready to move with God. In fact, you also. So it's time. It's time for revival. It's time for the new move of God. It's time for the next, it was in that song, the next tsunami of the spirit. 
to hit this arena, this area, and uh, can't hardly wait to see how it's all that God's going to do. Amen. Amen. So this is going, listen, tomorrow when Pastor Benny moves in the gifts of healing and miracles, bring anyone that needs a miracle and uh, just watch what God does. I want to share just a couple of things. My title is Extravagant Dreams, Prayers, and Faith. I want to first read, though, out of, out of the book of Mark, chapter 10. The Gospel of Mark is the second book of the New Testament, and in the 10th chapter, and Miss Mel was singing a song that kind of yes. comes from this idea. And the Bible says this, when they came to Jericho, verse 46, that Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples and a whole lot of people, a great multitude. And there was blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard it was Jesus, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the people warned him to be quiet. That's a polite way of saying shut up. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus then stood still. Isn't that beautiful? There's hundreds of people around him, a motley group, and they all have agendas, but Jesus stood still when he heard the cry of faith, the cry of a hurting life. And Jesus then, the Bible says, commanded him to be brought, and they called the man and they said, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. It's funny that the same people that criticized him five minutes ago are now inviting him to know Jesus. It's, it's just a human trait that we criticize in others what we've not experienced. And everyone is seeing but him. They don't know what it's like to be blind and be dependent on, on your voice and your ears and your other senses. And, and, and now they're inviting him. I'm, in one day, God can make your enemies your friends. He can turn things around. He can, someone that's been against you can highly favor you. God can move so powerfully. The Bible says he holds the hands of kings and judges in his hands. He holds the life of those, the hearts of those kings. The next verse says in verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, it would have been a beggar's garment, a visual sign of his physical need. And so people that had those kinds of conditions would wear and exhibit things so people could give to them and care for them because they were disabled. And so he, he put it aside. He had so much faith. He said, I'm never going to need this again. I'm never going to need this again. What you're willing to walk away from determines what God's willing to bring into your life, what God will release into your life. If you can let go of that, you can have this. If you can give up that thing that you've leaned on for so long, depended on for so long, it was useful for a time, but it wasn't God's best for your life. It wasn't God's healing, redemptive solution to your story and your journey. And he came to Christ and by Jesus, verse 51, Jesus answered and said to him these nine words, what do you want me to do for you? I've been married 43 years to an angel. Someone asked me, what's the secret of a happy marriage? I said, marry an angel. <laughs> 43 years. And uh, so I found out early in our marriage, I bought her things I thought she might like. 
And over the years, she's trained me. So she would tell me what she would like, and then I'd go get it, and she would pretend like she's surprised. But now, she goes and gets it herself, comes home and says, here's the gift you got me, thank you so much. The platinum principle is not that we do unto others what we wish they would do to us. The platinum principles, we do unto others what they wish we would do unto them. We ask people, with the, and Christ says, the man is obviously, he's led to Christ. He's blind. He's being guided there. His need was not hidden from Christ. But faith has to be spoken. It has to be declared. And so Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the more exacting, the more detailed, the more specific the request, the more powerful the result. And when you can say to God, God, I want, I want this. I'm believing for this. I'm believing for this. God, when, when people say, well, I just want God to bless me. Well, he, he woke you up today. Why don't you re refine that with some detail and some, some biblical specific promise in it. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And here's my idea that I want to touch on for just for a few moments. He said, teacher, that I may receive my sight. Yes. And I just want to declare over you, you're getting your vision back this year. God's healing your vision about your life, your future, your world. And this man said, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said your faith did it son he said go your way your faith has made you well and i believe in this conference so many good things are happening i'm humbled greatly to be a part of the team of course with the amazing evangelist and man of god benny perez and then of course the incredible john bevere just a world-class couple of leaders there but this is your season. God's rebuilding your dream. He's rebuilding your vision so that you can see the, what God has for you. Vision is everything. It's the steering wheel of the direction of your life and future. People that have no vision get stuck in the past and get they, they get stuck in the problems of today where there is no vision that people perish or are unrestrained. But when vision comes, it, it brings to us the plan of God written on our heart. In Zechariah chapter 4, Zechariah has eight visions and really prophetic encounters with an angel. And the angel came to him and Zechariah 4, 1, and the, Zechariah says, the angel that spoke with me came and woke me up out of a deep sleep and said, what do you see? God's waking your soul out of a deep sleep, a sleep of sorrow, a sleep of discouragement, a sleep of maybe apathy or indifference. God's waking your spirit up to see things, what he wants to do. Because all you have to do is see it for God to do it. If you can see it, God can do it. And God's helping us see what he wants to do in our world and in our life. God will help us in Genesis chapter 13. The Bible says this about the great patriarch Abram. And God brought Abram to a mountain and said to him after he had separated from Lot, look from the place that you are, north, south, and east, and west. 
For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your descendants forever. And so God says, whatever you can see, you can possess. If you can see healing, you can have healing. Uh, you're almost with me. If you can see revival in Orange County, you can have revival in Orange County. If you can see your church multiplying, you can, you can have it. If you can see your family saved, you can have it. If you see your marriage repaired, you can have it. If you see your business blessed, you can have it. If you see it, it's yours to have. And God says to us in this season, don't let the past blindness of discouragement or devastation stop you from entering into the promise of what is about to happen. God wants everyone, the Bible says, when God poured out his spirit in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came. And we saw that beautiful testimony of the couple baptized in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And 120 people burst out of the upper room when they were speaking with unlearned languages. And, and people accused them of being drunk. And Peter, the apostle Peter stood up and said, these men are drunk. It's only nine in the morning. The bars aren't even open. He said, but this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. It will come to pass, says God, in the latter days, I will pour up my spirit upon all flesh. And here's what he said, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision and your old men will dream dreams. The Holy Spirit comes to give you visions and dreams and prophetic understanding about your future, to show you your purpose, to show you God's plan. And there's no season of your life that God wants you to live without a vision. God has a vision for every season. God has a dream for every moment of your life. You're not too old for a new dream. People say, God doesn't throw people away. God never changes his mind about your story. He never changes his mind. He never withdraws his purpose. He never counsels, cancels his plan. He waits for someone to embrace it. Pastor Joel was telling me some things about Orange County and some of his family dynamics. And it's just so cool. Because God waits for someone that he can fulfill unfinished family destiny with. Like he's doing through Pastor Joel and Mel. Amazing stuff. Your season, this season, so important. In 1995, the Lord healed me. Really, 1997, the Lord healed me. In 1995, our church in Scottsdale, Arizona, I was building a church. And we were building our first physical building. It was a 4,800-seat auditorium, and our church treasurer, a local businessman, embezzled $20 million. Our church was thriving. Had, this reminds me of the spirit. Israel Houghton was our worship leader. We were having a revival in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we had a massive scandal, the worst thing that could happen in a church. We had 10 front-page headline stories about it. And uh, six lawsuits, two class action lawsuits, 15 attorneys concurrently. And our church dwindled from 5,000 to about 140. I became clinically, manically, and suicidally depressed. My oldest son became an alcoholic and drug addict at 12 years old. He was for eight years bound by those things. And everything, we were homeless, we had death threats, everything that could go wrong went wrong in that story. And I realized I started dying when I stopped dreaming. Wow. 
And when I did a forensic of my depression, because I do have a PhD in psychology, when I studied how did I get so low, how did I get so, so hopeless, God showed me when I stopped dreaming, my heart started dying. Because hope is the oxygen of the human soul. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes your heart sick. But when desire or dreams or hope comes, it's a tree of life. And so I found out that when I became blinded, I was like blind Bartimaeus. And I no longer saw a future. I couldn't imagine things ever being good again. I couldn't imagine a turnaround. I couldn't imagine a restoration. I couldn't imagine a ministerial future. I couldn't imagine blessing everything. I couldn't see anything. And, and because I was blinded, I descended into the dark pit of despair, depression, constant discouragement. And I was there until the Lord started healing me. And the first thing he did was taught me to forgive the people that put me there. He said to me one day, Michael, if you will forgive the people that have hurt you, I will make you forget the pain they've caused you. And I did and he did. That's the fast story. God gave me an ocean of love for the people who broke my heart. You don't need their apology to heal. Your forgiveness unlocks your healing. Not their apology. Most of the people that missed in our world never came back. And I, I don't care. I love them. I bless them. I forgive them anyways. Hey, amen. And so the first sign that I was getting healed was my heart started dreaming again. You know your heart is healthy when it dreams again. God made your heart to be a dream machine collaborating with heaven for the purpose of God on earth. When we're not dreaming, we're stopping God from doing something he wants to do. And so we are made to be that way. And God wants to, just like Bartimaeus, heal us. Lord, I want to see. Help me, God, have a vision for my family. Help me. My son was an alcoholic drug addict. And we put him in therapy several times in his teenage years, and nothing worked. As soon as he could, he moved out of the house. He's running the streets of Scottsdale, Arizona. Drug dealers would drive past our house with the gun out the door, showing us the gun, trying to kill him. Police knocking on the door, trying to arrest him. And I would lay on his bed and pray every night. The bed he used to sleep on, Jesus, don't let my son die tonight. And I got so, I lost all vision for him. I was in the place of just mercy. God, please, 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 please. And I, I was leaving, tearfully leaving his bedroom one night. And the Lord met me in the hallway. Watch out for the hallway because Jesus be meeting for you there. And in the hallway, he said to me, stop praying the problem. Pray the promise. And the Lord reminded me of all the prophetic words he'd given me about Matthew. I ran and told my wife, we have to change our vocabulary about our son, what we're saying about his life. We have to agree with God. And so we started confessing and praying the things God says to us about our son. For eight years, we prayed nothing happened. Within eight weeks of changing our vocabulary and declaring God's word and having a vision for our son. He was playing university basketball. He wanted to date a cheerleader, and she was a Christian girl. 
Praise God for all the pretty single girls at Ocean's Church that tell men, if you want to date me, you got to get saved. You got to come to church, meet my pastors, and get right. And he's in the back of like a Wednesday night service. And he can't, he's there because he wants to date the pretty girl. And, and he's back there you know, with a bad attitude. Arms folded, head cocked. Ah. And there was a guest evangelist in this small inner city Phoenix church. And he said, there's someone here tonight with a broken heart running from God, fighting two addictions. And your family has been devastated. But tonight God's going to heal you. When he said that, my son in the back row fell on the floor and shook violently for almost 60 minutes. When he got up, he was 100% set free from alcohol and drugs like that. He moved back home the next day. He moved back home the next day, went to Bible college, went to Haiti for a year as a missionary. Married a wonderful girl, and he and his wife are the executive pastors of our church today. Everything changed. When I changed my vision, I changed my confession. And when I changed my confession, God changed his world. When I agreed with God about what he had for my son, my, my miracle Matthew, he sits next to me on Sunday. He's the future pastor of our church. He, he's a miracle testimony. All because what God has done. One more verse. Can I read one more verse to you? In the book of Isaiah chapter 7. I'll be reading from the message translation. I apologize for my pastor friends. <laughs> who have various opinions of this transla translation. In the 7th chapter of the book of Isaiah. The prophet is speaking to the king about good news coming. He's having a hard time connecting to the king because the king has been overwhelmed with the difficulties. He's not really a godly person. And he, he tells him a couple of things. In, he sells, he, here's what he says. Listen, calm down. Don't be afraid and don't panic over these burnout cases. My first point to you is, don't be afraid, don't panic. I don't, care what, I don't care how lost your son is, your daughter is. I don't care how low your business is. My beautiful wife calls me Lazarus. In my city, I'm a walking miracle. I'm a billboard of mercy and God's faithfulness and kindness. If God could raise me from the dead, God delivered me from a suicidal depression and then gave me a whole new church, brought my whole family. If God could do all this for me, why can't he do it for you? <clears throat> he said this, they talk big. The devil's a big mouth. They talk big, but there's nothing to them. He goes on to say, they've conspired against you, so on. And then in verse 7, nothing's going to happen. I just want to tell you, the devil's plot against you is going to come to nothing. Nothing is going to come of it. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every word spoken against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Their righteousness is of me. 
It won't happen. Nothing will come of it. The Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Okay, let me get down to the, the, the fun part of this. God spoke to Ahaz, verse 10, message translation. Ask for a sign from your God. What if God's in such an amazing mood? I think that prophetically, prophetic people prophesy about good times in bad times. And they prophesy about storms in calm times. Often they see what's coming. And the Lord said, ask anything. Ask anything. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundant above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church throughout age. Amen. He can do more than our biggest prayers. And so one of the things that happens in the season of shaking or storms is our prayers start getting smaller. They start getting more refined in a survival kind of thing. So I know what it's like to live there. Yes. And, and God breaks us out and says, I'm ready to do something big. I just need one partner. If I can find one partner in Orange County, in your city, in Marietta, in Anaheim, and, and where I, if, if I can find one partner that will be on the same page that I'm in, ask anything, the next word. Ask anything, be extravagant, ask for the moon. Ask anything, be extravagant. Yes. There's an extravagant grace on Ocean's Church. Yes. And it's the consequence of your pastor having extravagant faith. Yes. And sometimes the church has to be shaken out of seasons of kind of impoverished expectations. Yes. Where we're, where we're asking for small things when God says, why don't you ask me for all of Orange County? How about all of California? How about all of America? How about all of this generation? And I just feel this about this church that you're on the brink of something incredible. This is not the season for God's people to be constrained by small dreams, small faith, and small prayers. It's the time to believe for your whole family. It's the time to believe for the whole region. It's a time to believe God for the unfinished business. What if God's leaning into this moment and he's just wanting to do so much, but he's just, he's waiting for partners he can work with. He's waiting for those that will agree with him and be on the same page. The prophet Elijah at the end of his life came to Joash, the king, with the last prophetic act, and he said, get a bow and some arrows, and he got some bow and arrows, and they shot an arrow out of window, east window, and they said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and deliverance from Syria. Israel had lost six cities, a whole region to the Syrians. And Elijah was dying, but God's purpose was still living. And Elijah said, God's going to finish that. Then Elijah said to the king, grab some arrows and Joash grabbed some arrows and Elijah said, strike the ground. And King, King Joash struck the ground three times and stopped. 
And the old man, almost dead, he's dying. Elijah got angry. He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have got back everything you've lost. They lost six cities. And if you read on through the rest of the book, they only got three of them back. They got three of them back because of the limited vision of the leader. The limited vision of the king. And because he, he didn't see all that God wanted to do, God, it wasn't that God couldn't do it. God couldn't find someone to do it with. Let us strike the ground in this season of revival. God's raised you up, Pastor Mark, Rochelle. God's raised you up. And I saw this is, you're in like day whatever, 15. You're in a 90-day window of miracles. And there are, they're swirling around this place. They're swirling in Orange County. I saw two CEOs, one locally, one in another place. And God touched both of their minds. And so as you talk about navigate and think about properties, and so what you've thought God might do, God is going to do. And there will be a miracle in these next 90 days. And people will say, I thought we were going to do that, but how did this happen? And they'll laugh with joy because God's making the impossible happen. God's making the improbable happen. God's changing the hearts of men. And where you began is where you will end up at. You will be in the same place. You will possess the land that God showed you many years ago. And in this season, there'll be joy There'll be a fulfillment of promise and there'll be so much faith brought to the body of Christ. For God's raised you up as a lightning rod to reignite the faith of those that have been discouraged. To encourage the older leaders that have been in their way wearied because of their journeys. And your example, your honoring spirit and your faith is building an example that people are being drawn toward. Yes, God's giving you that land. Yes, God will give you the finance. And yes, God will build his purpose there. But the Lord says, what I'm doing, I'm doing because it's my purpose. Yes. What I'm doing is my will. Yes. And God says, thank you, son and daughter, for trusting, for believing, and for surrendering. It is the time for these things to go forth. It is a time for my purpose to be fulfilled. It is a time for revival to come again. It is a time for the next wave of glory. It is a time for the great harvest in America to begin in California. And what happens in this state will happen in this country. And people will say, how did it happen there? It was because God intended it to. Everything that's birthed in the last hundred years in America started here. The moves of God and the next one's happening too and because God's given you a heart to be inclusive a heart to be humble and honoring to the old and and to be inclusive to your brothers God says you're gonna be an instrument of unity I won't do this without the church being in unity this church will have breakthrough but this region cannot have a breakthrough without the unity of pastors they must work together. They must build bridges. And they must collaborate and cooperate with my purpose. And they'll hear something in your voice. They'll hear the conviction of the Spirit. And they'll hear the passion for what God's put in you. And they'll say, yeah, let's do this together. Let's join arms. Let's join arms. 
and let our nets work together in the harvest of this moment and they will do amazing things a company of great prophetic intercessors sister are, are being raised up Rochelle God has used your voice your faith to stir Deborah's to stir Esther's something's happening that's not normal there's an authority being unlocked in Orange County through godly women all through this region and God's good the, the secret weapon of the kingdom is anointed in time women who are going to plunder hell who are going to who are going to release God's purpose the enemy has waged war and against the women of this region but heaven has waged a victory heaven has determined an outcome superior for those that have known brokenness and sorrow that have known the disdain, the distaste, the great devastation of loss. Your story is not over. And there is a resurrection grace in this reviving moment. And everywhere the wind of the Spirit goes, the bones are coming alive. Everywhere the wave of heaven moves, miracles are happening. God's not forgotten you. He's not neglected you. He's not forsaken you. And even being in this service tonight is not an accident. God has brought you here to touch you. So Holy Spirit, come. Touch every life here. Every need, every person, every family. Have your way. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus.